Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Mark. Hey, Liz. How's it going? Oh. What are you up to? What are you up to? Well, I've had an incredibly busy day. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I got up early this morning to walk my dog like I always do on the days that I don't work. And you know the crow saga? Yes. We've talked about the crows? Yes. The crows are gone. Well, shoot. I, you well, know what? Here I think, I'm thinking, if I, I like to put myself in the mind of the crow. Mm-hmm. They came to my neighborhood. They're like, mm-hmm. well, this is nice. And then one of them got hurt. Right. And they're like, well, it's okay. We'll stay here and take right. care of you. And then it got kidnapped. Right. And I think they're like, we're leaving. Yeah, well, right. See, I mean, occasionally I'll see a crow, but mm-hmm. I don't see like this big gaggle of family of crows anymore. It Aww. makes me really bummed. Well. But I, our neighborhood has like mm-hmm. one of those little marquee signs when you're driving yes. out of it. And I'm in charge of the sign. Right. And somebody called me and they're like, my child is turning eight. Can you do the sign me? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I don't love doing birthdays because I'm terrified that everyone's going to want exactly. one. Exactly. And this is a big neighborhood. It's a huge neighborhood. And what if I have to go, oh, that's the night of the HOA meeting. I can't do it. No, and they're like, well, you did it for Doohickey. Well, I know. Don't you see, I had open the, that I used to do the game. sign when we first moved into this neighborhood mm-hmm. for a thousand years. And then mm-hmm. I got bored with it, gave it to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And then they just started doing like, they didn't even do neighborhood announcements. They just did oh. like birthdays and knock knock jokes. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> that's lovely. <laughs> but, but when's the damn HOA meeting? Because yes. I want to go. Totally. Anywho, so I was like, fine. And Uh she's my next door neighbor, so I kind of had to do it. (laughs) (laughs) So her little boy, Wynn, is turning Uh eight. Okay. So... The other thing, when I took the sign back, in the meantime, they had built a new one and and they bought new letters, but they uh-huh. only have one set of numbers in them. So if someone's 11 uh-huh. or if someone is 88, you can't do that. So I, with my own money, I bought some other letters and cheaper <laughs> ones from Amazon. Yeah. And yeah, letters and numbers. Okay. And so they don't exactly fit the sign. Oh, you're responsible for that. Y- yes. I see that. <laughs> yes. So when I went up today... I decided his name was Win, uh-huh. so I wanted to make a joke about winning, and you're eight, oh, and that's fabulous. So I did the sign, and then I came home, and I was leaving the neighborhood today to go to the grocery store, mm-hmm. and the 
eight that I had bought that doesn't quite fit yeah. had fallen. And so now he's <laughs> infinity. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so I'm like, I could pull over and hey, change that. But you know what? Win. We gave you a few extra it's, years. It's a win-win. Ah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's what's going on here in the neighborhood. Fun day. And welcome to episode seven mm-hmm. of My Grandma's Diaries. Previously on. Yes. Hey, you know what else sounds really good, Mark? What? Sponsored by... No kidding. Ah. I know, for real. I mean, come on, we're on episode Our TikTok's seven. doing great, though. It is, it it's is. It's like, if you build it, they will come. So right. we're building it. And yes, and I think they're coming. And the yeah, Facebook yeah. is doing really well. Yeah, my yeah. grandma's it's picking diary. Up. And it, Absolutely. it changed to my grandma's exactly. diaries like you thought it would. I, right. Thank God. I know. And we've got the Instagram, and we've got the Patreon, mm-hmm. and we've got this, and everything mm-hmm, is my mm-hmm. grandma's diaries. Yep. And eventually we're going to start talking about merch. But meanwhile, we're on episode seven. So yeah. if you missed episode six, which again, go. Why are you here? Go back Bye. and listen to new things. C- catch up. Get hooked but, on this story. Oh my gosh. The story. How can you not? I know. I get, you and I are uh, ahead of the game, especially way. you. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. you know like the story. I know everything. And I'm just in a couple of years and you know, you tell me things, but it's not like I keep up with it. Right. So I'm like a brand new viewer for every entry. I think you are the best barometer of how this is going mm-hmm. because you don't want to know too much. Exactly. So when you when I send that's you right. the readings that's of right. this, you're like, Oh my god, what? That's right. And that's and I'm the like, story that's our gets audience. better and better. Exactly. I know. Did you see someone on TikTok commented Overrated diary. Yeah. And I responded. What did you say? LOL. Oh, good. Perfect. (laughs) Good. Because I'm like, okay, you don't have to love it, but why did you comment? Anyway, that's 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 the world. Yeah. I know. Okay, so on last week's episode, we talked about things like George Washington's bicentennial birthday. Uh We met a lot more of Elizabeth's friends, and we did talk about prohibition because she doesn't like drinking. She does not. We kind of talked about why. And we even brought up the Lindbergh baby because it was such a big part of what was going on in the world. And she had no idea. And she didn't mention it. didn't mention it. But she will later. Yes, you said. So, see, that's pretty cool. That's what uh, you get from me getting ahead, which is cool. We met a Bill Terrell. Now, who is he? Bill is a boy that she asked her out on a date. Yes. And, and then stood her stood up. Stood her up, right? <laughs> but has stuck around. So right. Bill is kind of like the love interest at the moment. So we got to Someone meet him. to watch. Oh, Right? Bill. Am yeah. I right? Get, get comfortable with Bill. Okay. Yes. But her ex-boyfriend, Gussie, mm-hmm. who had the highway girl as a girlfriend for a while. That's right. Um, he's still sniffing around. Her? So, yes. All right. So, gosh. And just to refresh, Gussie mm-hmm. is Lil's brother, and Lil is Elizabeth's best friend. Got it. And they are also Terrell's, like Wait, Bill. Lil is a Terrell as well as Bill. Yes. And so is Gussie. <laughs> Oh, but Gussie they're is. they're cousins. That's right. They're not in the same family. Got it. So I gets a little confusing. I still well, want to make that friend family tree let's for do the it. Patreon. We need to absolutely because God, I need it sometimes too. Uh, right. I might ask you to make it because I'd like to get oh, a little ask cut. You me. know, but yeah. I mean, just write it out and I'll yeah. do it. Otherwise, or tell me how to do it and I can do it. No, but just, um, yeah, it'll be real easy. Yeah. So anyway, Gussie's still around, and remember, also there was a an episode where mm-hmm. Lil and Francis and Elizabeth busted up into Gussie's room. Yeah. Because he had a letter from ray yeah and ray is francis's boyfriend. boyfriend so we got a lot of people going on here mm-hmm. so are you confused so are we but it's okay because we'll put it that family tree and you know i might together. i'll probably put that on instagram 
because everybody, I don't want everybody that shouldn't be behind a paywall. We're not no, jerks. no, yeah. So no. there you go. And when our last right. episode ended, Elizabeth was hoping for better times. Yes, in she April. was. April fourth, nineteen thirty-two. Of course, I was fourteen last year on this day, and I'm bound to be fifteen today. Went to school all day. Lil, Bill, Rex, Francis, and I went to the woods behind the shops. It's so pretty. Bill told me that he had made plans for us. He certainly could talk serious, and I think he means it. I like him better than any boy, but I certainly don't love him. Velma sent me a birthday card. Louie gave me one. It's his birthday too. Dean pulled the chain off my diary tonight. Mm-hmm. So here's what's fun. In mm-hmm. last episode, we met Louie for mm-hmm. the first time then. You know, he's mm-hmm. hanging around giving her rides, hanging out with the gang. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't find him because there were a ton of Louis. But this time, she mentioned they share a birthday. So that's how I was able to find her friend Louie. And his name was Louie Edward Biles. And he was born on April 4th. Okay. Of 1911. Uh, he serves in World War II in the Air Force uh-huh. from 1942 until 1945. Okay. In 1942, he marries Marion Francis Jacobs, and he'll end up working after the war in Decatur, Illinois, for the Shell Oil Company. Hmm. Then, in March of 1968, he and Marion get a divorce in Nevada, so that means a quickie divorce, and he remarries in California in April of 1968. So he gets a divorce in March in mm-hmm. Nevada. And in <laughs> he April, gets married in April. Woo, he's married. All right. So he married Louis. a widow named Avenel Schule. He was 57 and she was 49. And six months later, he'll drop dead from a heart attack. Oh, no. So maybe there was too much marital activity. <laughs> so what? Right. So what year was that? Which which he died in he died six months after he married her. So in nineteen sixty eight was a big year. Uh He gets a divorce, he gets married, he dies. And he and Velma gave the birthday cards to Elizabeth. Yes. She was turning fifteen. She did indeed. Yep. Velma sent me a birthday card. And Uh Louie. Yes, right. yes, yes. And then also I in that litany of friends who right. went into the woods behind the shops, right. we met Rex. Okay. And Rex is a Wallace. He is Ray's little brother. So oh. Ray is the one who's dating Francis. And now we're meeting his little brother who's hanging around uh, with the gang. But he was born August of 1914. And he actually ends up marrying uh-huh. Stella Terrell who is Gussie and Lil's sister. (laughs) So this is like a bunch of friends who marry each other. Gussie and And Lil's... And Lil have a sister named Stella. I thought Ray and Lil were brother and sister, not Gussie. Gussie is the cousin. Nope. Gussie and Lil, remember because they're they're visiting Lil and they bust into Gussie's room? Right. So Gussie is Lil's brother. And I Bill thought they busted into Ray's room. No, Ray, the letter from Ray was in that room. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. right, got it. It's okay, it's okay, it's right. okay. No. no, questions are good things. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but right. Lil and Gussie have a sister named Tara, a Stella. Yeah, And okay. Stella marries this man we're reading, meeting right now, So uh, Elizabeth knew both of them. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. They're all friends. Uh, though, you know, because Ray and Gussie mm-hmm. are best friends. So right. when Ray and Gussie were both dating Elizabeth and Francis at uh-huh. the same time, that was a pretty handy double uh-huh. date situation. Because <laughs> these two best friends and these two sisters exactly. are hanging out. Interesting. And then Gussie dumps Elizabeth, and then I, Ray will eventually dump 
it's a domino effect. Right. But Francis. I haven't told y'all in previous episodes, uh-huh. we have already met Ray a couple times, you know, because right. he's dating Francis. But I haven't told you his story yet. Oh. Because his story involves these people that we're okay. talking about. So this is a very so, friendly crowd of friends. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to meet Ray more rascals. later. But we've heard Ray's name a lot so far. Right. But this is Rex. Rex will marry Stella Terrell and they'll mm. move out to California. And he works in the vegetable dehydration business. Oh. And they end up having three children. And in 1946, he's in a car accident that broke his knees. Mm-hmm. And because some 15-year-old kid ran through a stop sign... And this was a newspaper article that I found. So I just thought I'd mention it because it's so fun to find newspaper articles about these people. Absolutely. Telling the future. Yes. It really is. (laughs) It's it's fun. It's just fun to know. And he dies. The future from the diary, I mean. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, no. Yeah. No, no, no. It's perfectly fine. He dies in 2009. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I did notice in the 1960 directory, you can find like old phone books Right. That are on Ancestry, which yes. is kind of cool because I like to look it up because sometimes phone books have addresses in them. Right. And I'd like to see what their That's house right. looked like. So well, I yeah. looked up this phone book thinking, yeah. oh, and he was listed as the Reverend okay. Rex Wallace. Okay. So I don't know when he goes from dehydrating vegetables to saving <laughs> souls. Uh, but he right. sure did. And now Stella, because uh, now I've introduced you to Stella, yeah. she's pretty cool herself. When she got married in their uh, newspaper article of the wedding, mm-hmm. she was described as wearing a pink suit with black accessories. <laughs> cool, Stella. So, very cute, Stella. And she was a Wait, sec- she wasn't wearing white? No, back then, no. What? That's a new thing? It's not necessarily new. My mother wore a white dress, but a lot of like even Elizabeth, when she does get married, uh-huh. she gets married in a suit. She has a, really? a pretty uh, little oh, spring right. jacket I, I and skirt. That. And yeah, it wasn't necessarily like a right. You know, okay, today it's commercial. Even a couple of episodes ago, dresses. when we talk about Velma getting mm-hmm. married, that's right. She was just wearing a suit, and Francis had on like a black. That's suit. So interesting. Yeah, they just How wore interesting everyday clothes. They didn't have the money. Sure. Right. I mean, weddings are expensive. They wore what they wore to church, I guess. Exactly. They might get a new suit and maybe a new hat. Yes. And some gloves. Aww. Gosh, it was so cute. What an back interesting then. little thing. Tidbit. I know. I, know. I, I always try to cute. write the movie in my head. Yes. And that's an interesting detail. I think so too. I think so too. When they move to California, mm-hmm. she becomes a member of the Soroptimus International. What? I know. I had to look it up too. Yeah, it's a volunteer. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a Soroptimist is a, it, well, it's a volunteer organization for the empowerment of women and girls. Good for her now. I know. She is named the Woman of Distinction in the year 1986. And apparently she volunteers everywhere. In her obituary, it talks about she worked for the American Heart Association, the American Cancer Society. Uh She worked at elementary schools and was a Sunday school teacher, maybe where Rex was a reverend. Mm -hmm. And she dies Mm. in the year 2000. So that's before Rex. He died in 2009. Okay. So that's a lovely little little relationship there. And those are the friends from that entry. So Uh there you have it. Now we know what happened to him. I know. It's my favorite part. I know. It's so interesting. And I just always wait to find someone who's like, and then he became the ambassador to France. So we're waiting. One of these days, we'll find an ambassador. April 7th, 1932. Bill walked to school with me at noon. I guess we're through. I gave him his cigarette case, and he gave me back my button. Francis and I went to Lil's this afternoon, came back and talked to Louie, Chick, and Bill. He was just chewing tobacco for all he was worth. 
I have an observation. Do it. She gets involved with these guys and has these crushes like uh-huh. within a day. Oh, sure. And then she just drops them like that. Like, yeah. just as fast. It doesn't take them doing much of anything for her <laughs> to say, hey, we need to talk about this. No, she's like, mm-hmm. no. Right. Done. But they come back pretty quickly. Yes. Very. But what I thought was really cute mm-hmm. about the, that little episode yeah. was it reminded me of Peter Pan. Are you yeah. familiar with Peter Pan? Yeah. Wendy wants to mm-hmm. give him a kiss mm-hmm. and or she asks for a kiss and he doesn't know what that is. Uh, so, right. so she gives him a button right. and he gives her an acorn. Okay. And that's a symbol of their little innocent little c- kissing. Absolutely. So when they exchanged these two objects, you know, because you always see on Etsy like uh, the little necklaces with the acorn, and it's the whole Peter Pan, yeah, you know, theory. Th- uh, well, symbol for yes. a kiss and for love. So I thought that was real cute. You think that's what that was? I gave him his cigarette case, and he gave me back my button. I don't know what kind of button it is. Yeah. You know, you've got those buttons that say like "Vote for Carl," you know, or whatever. <laughs> right. But I so I don't know Who if knows? it was like a yeah. button that had come off her jacket that was pretty uh-huh. and she was like well you have this and why would he give her his cigarette case? i know I mean, that's what i was how about thinking like a like a pocket knife or a, <laughs> yeah or a tie clip or right. i mean i know cigarette especially case? since well, she hate hated smoking soon. i think that's exactly right and we'll hear about that in so the, he gets kicked to the curb a little bit a little well, bit for now <laughs> well that's april 7th let's find out what happens on april 8th <laughs> April 8th, 1932. Bill talked to me at noon. He gave me back his cigarette case and promised not to drink, chew, or smoke. As I was saying. (laughs) Exactly. It is now approximately 24 hours later. Yes, and everything is peachy keen. (laughs) Because when boys tell you things, they mean it. They're not lying. (laughs) I think that was kind of funny. And then I started thinking about why would 15 or 16-year-old Bill Terrell even have a cigarette case? Yeah. What's the the Mm -hmm. status? What's Mm -hmm. going on? Mm -hmm. So I was just kind of looking up some things about the world. And I discovered something I did not know, that the movie Scarface with Al Pacino yeah. was actually a movie in 1932. And oh, it really? Was, and it was a book prior to that okay. in 1929. And this was a time, you know, uh-huh. Al Capone in 1932 uh-huh. had already been arrested and was in jail. And okay. the gangster mentality was right. really, well, like no different from when The Godfather came out and it was like, oh, good, no, I'm Italian. Same thing. And Sopranos and all these men are like, right. you know, I want to be a gangster. And they, and they yeah. romanticize this world of gangsters. And smoking. And was part smoking of and drinking and, you know, right. being all slicked up. I mean, that was yeah, just yeah. really cool. And I wonder right. if it had that uh, kind of influence on him. But I actually hmm. went and looked on YouTube and TikTok at mm-hmm. a bunch of clips of the movie Scarface. Yeah. I think I'm going to have to sit down and watch really? it. It looked very, very, very good. And uh-huh. it was critically acc- acclaimed, like compared to Citizen Kane really? at its time, where just how cool the shots were and how unusual like the camera motions were. Mm-hmm. And I think, and of course, Elizabeth would have never seen this movie. Right. And the person who wrote Scarface was actually a journalist who knew Al Capone personally. So he had been reporting on his crimes. How interesting. So he knew a lot of the back like gangster story right. could give give this a lot of grit and i thought you would think this is fun there are homoerotic themes <laughs> that pop up in this movie i love homoerotica oh my god <laughs> but there are two things there's because they try to paint him as a little gay this mm-hmm. al capone type gangster character mm-hmm. and there's one scene where he's trying to get a woman who's like legit she's not like a kind of woman who would date a gangster 
Okay. So that's the woman he wants. And she says something. She says his jewelry is effeminate. Yeah. And he takes it as a compliment. Yeah. So either he doesn't know what that word well, means because it's a big word uh-huh. or he's like, thanks. And then there's this other <laughs> scene, which you can find on TikTok a lot because it is kind of sexy, mm-hmm. where he needs his pencil mm-hmm. and his secretary takes it out of his pocket. Mm-hmm. Puts it in his mouth to dampen the tip, like he licks it, uh-huh. and then hands it back to him, huh. which is super sexy. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, it's it's an intimate. Yeah, it's intimate. Like he licked my pencil. <laughs> like so, either he's being so subservient, they're like, "Oh, I'll lick your pencil for you, sir," uh-huh. and he's scared of him, or he's like, "I got, I got your pencil." <laughs> oh, dear. so everybody thinks that's homoerotic. Well, which it was kind of fun. I probably would think that. I mean, if you, I you saw would, it. I want to see that. So, Scarface, nineteen thirty-two. I mean, it just really looks fabulous. It really, wow. really does. How interesting! Yeah. It was something before it w- was the Scarface that we know. Who knew? Yeah, and how they had to reimagine it to make him like this big drug dealer. I mean, it probably right. wasn't that big of a stretch. Right. And Michelle Pfeiffer. Is uh-huh. the beautiful woman who uh-huh. he wants that uh-huh. he shouldn't be able to have, and, and I'm sure that had some sort of cultural influence. Of course, on it did. This list of people who Elizabeth the were, gangsters you know. were so like in your face, living yeah. their life, and they yeah. had all the money and they had all the power, uh-huh. and that's got to be real attractive to men full of testosterone, young men, yeah, who look at them and think they're. They're saying, screw you, country, uh, where uh-huh. everybody else is broke, but right. I'm thriving, and they want to mm-hmm. thrive, too. So, mm-hmm. 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 I don't know. You never know with uh, what boys are thinking, but... Well, it's been around for a while. That's right. Those- <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, there you go. So, that was a little yeah. s- a little side Guggen I did for this one. Yeah. April 9th, 1932. Lil, Stella, and I went to Aunt Ella's after dinner today. Acted crazy. Went back to Lil's, dug worms, and Gussie and Jesse went fishing with us at Terrell Lake. I got several fish. Gussie walked to town with us, and we went over and talked to Chick. Bill phoned tonight just to tell me he saw me with Gussie. April 11th, 1932. Bill was drunk Saturday night when he phoned me. He kept asking me to forgive him. April 12th, 1932. Bill walked home with Lil and me, talked up at the corner. He talked about getting Francis and me jobs in Kansas City. Hope he can. I'd love to work up there. We are going to have to go to Arkansas the 1st of May, but if Mother and Francis can get a job, we won't. Man, they were all looking for jobs now. But what the heck is they... Does Elizabeth... Does she think that she and Francis are going to move to Kansas City? Exactly. I that don't know was, how far away she, Kansas City is from Bell, it's but it doesn't seem not, very realistic. I mean, it is far. Yeah, especially back then. I mean, that's so 15 to think, I'll just get up and go live on my own. And you know Bill was like the Fonz, you know? He was like, I'll get you guys a couple of jobs over in Kansas City. Right. And from last episode, his dad was a major politician. Right? So he probably did think, oh, mm, I can pull some strings and my dad interesting. can do this. Because his dad was like a circuit court judge and a probate right. judge yeah, and, yeah. and congressman. He could pull some of his Missouri ties. Yes, right. It's so Ozark strings. of them. <laughs> yeah, really. So I thought that was interesting. And totally. then I googled Kansas City in 1932, and it was still mm-hmm. a pretty thriving city uh-huh. because it was uh, such a, uh, a center of commerce and industry for the entire Midwest. Okay. And it hmm. was home to a thriving jazz scene. So lots of clubs and venues uh-huh. and people like Count Basie and Charlie Parker are performing there. And it's really a big hub. And then I started thinking, 
jazz in Kansas City, and that made me think about the Great Migration. So right. many black people right. and poor people of, 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 that weren't of color were leaving the South, you know, because farming had crapped out. The bow weevil mm-hmm. had come in mm-hmm. the 1920s and messed up a lot of the cotton mm-hmm. farming, and they're just moving up to the North, hoping right. for probably people to treat them a, a lot better, better life. Yeah, so that would have, of course, brought the jazz and the blues with them and okay. started all these clubs. And then the gangsters bringing in all the booze. This was a total exciting situation going on in yeah, Kansas City. Yeah, for her, that it was, was a, a big spot. city. Yeah. Kansas City. So can you imagine her th- you know, thinking, oh, Francis and I will live and we'll get this little apartment right. and we'll work and we'll Aww. make money for the family. And, and maybe thinking mother. I love how she calls her mother mother. Yeah. Mother would be coming too. So I thought that was pretty interesting. So they were all looking for jobs. Mother, Francis. Everybody. Well, dad is, you know, still off looking for work. And remember, grandpa had said that they needed to be out on the 1st of March, but he kept them. Yeah. But I think this is also grandpa going, okay, guys. Yeah. I said March. Yeah. Now it's the end. Mm. You need to be out by the end of April. And let's remind people, this is the beginning of the Great Depression. Things have really, really gotten bad. It's yeah. horrible. I mean, they've already had to leave where we started the diary in Monticello, Arkansas. Right. They only came to Belle because that's where her grandparents are. Yeah. So they've been taking them in for a couple of months. Dad still can't find a job. They have no idea how bad it's going to get. Exactly. And Grandpa is probably so old and so, mm-hmm. you know, like what we, we would mm-hmm. call a boomer. That he's mm-hmm. like, well, you should be able to get a job right. and support your family. Right, right. Well, he can't. Right. And it's just going to get worse. Not- so can mm-hmm. you imagine you're there with your five kids mm-hmm. and they're like, well, you have a month. And every time you go to apply for a job, there are a thousand men. Yeah. Hundreds of That's men sitting was, there. That's how it was, 25%. I mean, unemployment. yeah. Exactly. So things are so bad for them. But anyway, there's. we'll see what happens. Yikes. April 13th, 1932. After school, Francis, Lil, and I went to town. Some old bums just tried their best to attract our attention. Mr. Johnson died yesterday, and his nephew from Illinois is here, and he's kind of cute. And so is his car. I saw him with Jack. Francis and I talked to Bill a while. He thinks we'll get our jobs. Pumped the organ and sang tonight with Francis. She could play the organ and the piano. Yeah, which is pretty cool. And yeah, and this this is already setting her up to be the constant pianist in her family and mm-hmm. her love of music, which I think we discovered a couple episodes ago mm-hmm. seems to be like a heart soul family mm-hmm. thing. Everybody played an instrument. Right. And I think that's really neat. But I was curious. This is not an episode that we had on the TikTok. Um, I noticed I went, that. Yeah, I went and pulled this one. I, I'm <clears throat> Who's the, Mr. Johnson? He yeah, died. Yes, I'm definitely going to get into who Mr. Johnson yeah. was. But I thought for the podcast, yeah. I'd go back and see some episodes I missed. Okay. Or, you know, because this writing is so small. And sometimes the handwriting is so rough and I would just read it. And maybe my little brain sure. just got tired. So I, I don't mean, know. I don't really know how I missed this episode. Well, maybe because I thought, who's Mr. Johnson? This is the first time she's mentioning him and why should I care? But she does that several times. She She'll does. just say somebody died. And yes. one of them coming up is one of the characters you're familiar with, who've we, who we've talked about on today's episode. Oh, mm-hmm. wait a minute. She talks about it, him suddenly dying. About a year into... Do you know who I'm talking about? No, I don't. I'll write it on the back of this piece of oh. paper. <laughs> so I don't have to edit this. That's right. so good. Let me... Let me so, oh! Oh, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. So stay tuned. Yes. Oh, yes. Mm. 
So anyway. So, oh my God. Are y'all, so much happens. Uh, but anyway, I think I probably skipped this because Mr. Johnson felt like a one and done kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, why? Well, but for the podcast, this is exactly what exactly. we're here for. We want to dive a little deeper. So Mr. Johnson. And his Johnson, nephew was cute. Let me just interject. So yeah, Mr. And, Johnson died and his nephew from Illinois was cute so and so is his car anything that brings in the cute people <laughs> exactly. I guess it's, it's okay uh, but Mr. Johnson was William Hall Johnson and he was born on February 21st of 1863 mm. in the okay he has such an interesting life okay. in the 1870 census he and his little sister mm-hmm. and now he's born in 18 si- He's born in 1863. Right. So this is 1870. I can't do math. How old is he? Eight, nine? Nine. Something like that. Um, yes. No, no, seven. Okay. 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 I believe you. I don't know. I'm not going to fact check you on that one. Don't. But in the 1870 seven. census, he, he and his little sister are living with his aunt on a farm. Okay. So I'm thinking, oh no, his parents died. Mm-hmm. But no, uh, in 1880, he's back with his mother and father on their farm. Okay. So why they uh-huh. were shifting around, I, I don't know. In 1900, 20 years later, he is a farmer, he's married, mm-hmm. and he has six children. Uh-huh. But a lot of, you know, farmers had a lot of yeah. children back then. Right. Now, in the 1910 census, mm-hmm. he owns his own butcher shop. And four of his children are still living at home with them. So they're growing up and they're doing their own thing. And then in 1920, I wonder if he lost the butcher shop because now in the census, he's listed as a retail salesman Mm -hmm. in a general store. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking either he lost the butcher shop or he expanded and made it into a general store. Yeah. So that was done a lot, actually. I would General think so. stores became post offices and, you know, all kinds of things. Oh, within, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I hope for him anyway. I want him to be successful. And then in the 1930 census, mm-hmm. he's the marshal. Like the sheriff? Yeah. Huh. Isn't a marshal a federal? So he's um, higher than the sheriff who's okay. local. Yeah, okay. he's the marshal. Andy Griffith. And uh, it must have been a very stressful job because two years later, he has a brain hemorrhage. Oh. For And he it says in his uh, death certificate yeah. that it's the result of years of not treating his high blood pressure. See? So y'all, if you have some high blood pressure, take your medicine. Take care, take care of, care of yourself. Don't, yeah. sal- don't you dare salt that don't French fry. Don't be like Mr. Johnson. <laughs> don't salt that French fry. I That's can't right. stay away from that salt. Oh, God. But, but Mr. Jesus, get Johnson. get better salt. Get pink salt. So, really? Yeah. That's had, better had, for you? Mm-hmm. There, there are different salt. Oh, I just spit. There are different salts that have different levels of what makes it a good or bad. I salt. use the pink salt. I do too. So I can eat as much as I want. Well, let's within not, reason. Let's, let's not go crazy. What's reason? <laughs> yeah, so, so, so that was the day that Mr. So you found Mr. Johnson's obituary, which is so cool, right? Well, I didn't you? No, I didn't find it. I or, just went through every census and looked up his occupation. Well, how did you find out he died? Oh, his death certificate. I did find his death certificate. So that yeah. was he died. That was from April thirteenth, nineteen thirty-two. Which is the entry that you just read, because that's mm-hmm. the day he died, he, yeah, which is pretty cool. Technically, he died on the 12th, uh, because, okay. yeah, he yeah, did, yeah. Yeah, but, uh-huh. So, yeah, that would have been in the paper when... Uh, oh, and he was the marshal. Right, so at it the would time have been, he died. It would have been like the mayor dropping dead. I mean, yeah. he was a very important person in town. And she wrote about it. And we'll find out a little bit more about that in our next entry. April 14th, 1932. Went to school, but got out early at 10.30 on account of Mr. Johnson's funeral. Went with Lil to her house. We both sat there and wept, because we're not sure if we're going to have to leave at the end of the month. Got a letter from Daddy last night. Walked home from town with Bill, 
and we talked on the corner. Francis, Dean, Helen, and I went to the woods behind the school and picked violets. So when I first read this, yeah. I thought we sat there and wept for Mr. Johnson. I did too. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's they're already weeping over. For, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're they just worried. The bell. So yeah, apparently dad has written and luck is I mean, running out. Right. Uh, he's right. just not finding a job. April 19th, 1932. Francis and I went over to Lil's this afternoon, played the piano. Bill walked home with us. Francis and I went to the drugstore tonight for a Coke. Gussie and Ray brought us home. Brought us straight home. As opposed to? What? <laughs> As opposed to like, hey, let's go riding. Let's hang uh, out. Gotcha. Let's hold hands. Let's kiss Just a little. brought us straight home. <laughs> I mean, and she underlined the really? word straight. <laughs> really? What I also think is cute is when she says she got a Coke. Yeah. She spells it C-O-C. Yes, like I Coca-Cola, noticed Like Coca-Cola. Yes. And she's just abbreviating it. Yes, And I okay. wondered how long before they just started calling it Coke with That's a K-E. That's such an interesting question. Isn't that fun? Yeah, because she does spell it C-O-C. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, I'd be like, you didn't know what? 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 And then it dawned on me. So it's funny. The more you read these things, mm-hmm. the more things she'll say that were weird. Because mm-hmm. there's one that's going on right now in the TikTok you just put up mm-hmm. that she swept the front yard. Yeah. And people are like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, I guess well, it was dirt. I found maybe- it was. It was packed dirt. I looked it up. Oh. And no, actually, my d- mom and dad, I was talking to them about it. And they said, oh, of course, it was. They literally swept. It was packed dirt. That so, made sense. So you, it, you, didn't, you wouldn't rake it. You'd sweep it. So they didn't have yards like we know yards. Of course. Oh, my so God. Anyway, they were lucky and, to have what they had. And we're well, talking we, yeah. about the future. Yeah, and that is, that is in the future. Yes. Um, but it made me laugh today because my neighbor at the end of the street here on my little cul-de-sac uh-huh. has astroturf and not grass. Yes. But it's the good kind. You uh-huh. wouldn't know it. But when I went right. to the, uh, when I left today to run my little errand, she was out there sweeping it. I was like, ah! <laughs> That's what they so mean. So we're still sweeping. Yeah, <laughs> That's right. Funny. Okay, cool. April 21st, 1932. Francis and Lil went to the lake ahead of me. I had to stay behind and practice with the seniors for the program. Then I went to the lake to fish. Gussie came down and shot a duck. He and I together caught a bass, Francis caught a catfish, and Lil caught a perch. Well, that's quite the menagerie. Oh, my a gosh. duck, a catfish, and a perch. I wonder what they, I guess they took them all home to their separate families and Probably, ate them. yeah. I mean, I'm sure they were happy to get dinner. that duck. Yeah, for sure. I mean, a little that, a little orange, that's not, that's not bad. But she's practicing with the seniors for the program. Okay. And I left out the entry before because it was super mm-hmm. boring. But what mm-hmm. she's doing is she's playing for their commencement. Oh. So she's playing like the graduation march okay. on the piano. So she has to go to several practices. Gotcha. Um, which is interesting because... Well, it's just interesting to me, like when I read a book, because here it is, she's leaving at the end of the month. Right. And her life at Bell is going to wrap up. Right. And then these seniors are also wrapping up a big portion Mm. of their life and moving Mm -hmm. on. And I wonder if it's not at all lost on her that when they walk and get their diplomas and they're done, Mm -hmm. so is she. She's walking. And yeah. To Arkansas. And in the next couple of episodes, because we're going to skip, you know, about a week, Mm -hmm. they're all just talking about going riding with this friend or riding with that friend. And it's her kind of saying goodbye goodbye and just having her last moment to hang out (laughs) with all these cool new friends. I mean, she hasn't been here that long right but she's had two boyfriends uh, she's been in a play she's made a ton of new friends uh, yeah. some of these are going to be lifelong friends mm-hmm. that i know of mm-hmm. so i think it, it's really cool it's bittersweet right. for her right oh april 29th 1932 
Started to school to get my report card. Bill Lindner told me he couldn't get it and to come back later. He brought me home. I worked a while. Then Francis and I went and got Lil, and we went to the school to practice for the seniors. We went over to Lil's this afternoon. Went to town and over to the school and walked home with Francis and Bill. Bill invited us to a party tomorrow night. We stopped and talked on the corner. Velma and Lil came by for us tonight. We went to the commencement exercises. I had to play. Lil got mad at me. Ooh. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. Ooh, I don't know why. Yeah, she doesn't tell us. I mean, the very next day. Yeah, she didn't even mention fine. it. This yeah. is another reason eh, why right? we think oh. Did she want these red or not? Well, I mean, she's not giving us any dirty details. We don't think mm-hmm. any worse of Lil. They got, she got right. mad at her. Why did she get mad at her? Mm-hmm. I mean, I would have talked about this on and on <laughs> right. for pages. Right. <laughs> well, she's got a good heart. Not she that does. you don't. No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I also had uh, more pages in my diary. She had like three lines. No kidding. And I had a spiral notebook. Okay. <laughs> April 30th, 1932. Lil, Francis, and I got a lunch uptown this morning and started hiking to the Dry Fork Bridge. Louie and Allie picked us up and took us. They stayed a while. Then we girls ate lunch and wrote our names under the bridge. Started back and got the car to mail a box. Went riding, talked to Bill on the corner. We've gotten a lot of comments on TikTok. Do, do you know if the writing is still there? Where they wrote under the bridge? Well, I'll tell you what. Yeah? If it was still there, yeah. it's gone now. Somebody Because looked? in 2020, the Eastern District Commissioner, Doug Drool, said that it was a dangerous bridge. Oh. And people have been complaining about it for years. <laughs> and they all agreed with moving up the Dry Fork Bridge in their priorities, saying it's dangerous and you hold your breath if you meet a semi or a bus on that bridge. Uh. So that was in 2020. Okay. So I bet you by now it's okay. a new bridge. Yeah. Okay. So Maybe I hate it was time. that. I do too. But here's what's going to happen yeah. if we ever go out there on our field trip, yeah. writing our names under that bridge. Hell yeah. We're bringing I wonder our little, if it's called the Dry Fork. Bringing thing? a rattle can. Oh, yeah. It's still the, because it's the Dry okay. Fork Creek. Yes. So it would definitely, I mean, unless they name it after like somebody who lived Wouldn't there. Wouldn't that be, am- yeah. Wouldn't that be amazing if we had seen that writing? Are you kidding me? Yeah. That, I mean, if they had carved it in mm-hmm. and it was still there on some structure, mm-hmm. that would have been like, yeah, oh, right. like our holy grail. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. It makes me so sad. Well, there, there's more holy grails with this story. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? We, Seriously. We have so much to do if we Treasure. ever get to travel out there. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's so exciting. April 1932. Last month in Bell. Sure enough, I kind of hate to leave. All the kids are so cute, and I like them all. They have grand times. Yet, 
I guess it's for the best. May 1st, 1932. Left Bell at 10 this morning. Didn't have any car trouble. Ate dinner at Mammoth Springs, Arkansas. Had two flats this afternoon. Stopped in Salem to get one fixed and got one fixed in Melbourne. Got to Step Rock about 7. Had supper and I'm going straight to bed. I'm homesick for Bill already. I would give anything to see Gussie right now. I'm going to have to work hard and might have to sleep in a tent. I sure hope Daddy gets a real good job very soon. All right, so now... Oh, God, here we now. are. This is, this is... Here the, we go. This is the bottom of the barrel for the Hartzels. About to happen. It is. But before we get to how sad that is, okay. Mammoth Springs, how cool is that? Yes. You, didn't you, did you I look did. up something? Yeah, yeah. It's and, this really neat little town right on the border, from what I recall, mm-hmm. of Arkansas and Missouri. And it's just this, to this day... Like, I go into Google Earth and look at these roads, and maybe we'll put up a picture on Patreon, because it's a really cool little town, and it probably looks very similar. Am I thinking about the right one? No, no, no. You got it. Okay. You got it. You got it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, also, another thing is their flat tires. I mean, it's just like, they always get flat tires. Oh, that seems to happen a lot. But back to Mammoth Springs. I'm sorry. Quick. Yes. It became part of the health craze of the late 19th century. Okay. Like how uh, FDR always went down to Georgia to sit in hot springs. Yeah. Mammoth Springs was one of those oh. health craze places, too. And the water yes, is, uh, although it's not hot, the springs are a constant 58 degrees year round. And it was marketed as a health resort, and visitors came for the cooler climate. So okay. 58 all year round, that's cold. Cold. So that's cold therapy. A lot of people believe in that cold therapy. Well, when I lived in Europe, I would go to the spa with my friend, mm-hmm. and it was a naked spa. Mm -hmm. Uh, like all the spas in Germany were. You had the Mm -hmm. clothed part on the top if you Mm -hmm. wanted to work out or go swimming. But then you went downstairs, you had to be completely naked. And they had um, saunas and they had hot tubs and then they had cold dumps. And you were supposed to like jump in the cold water and then hop in there. You're supposed to go back and forth. Mm -mm. No, I think I got into the cold thing one time. (laughs) But I'm telling you, it was... She, this girl that I would go with all the time, she's still my one of my best friends to this day. But yeah, we spent a lot of time together naked, which is weird to think about. But Whatever, you know. It, but it was so Fun. relaxing. And then, of course, at the end, we'd sit in the tanning bed for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. What were we thinking? Uh, but we looked great, and we felt good. So You ever been to a nude beach? No. Great. It's I would good. think it'd be like... It's nothing. It becomes nothing. Well, I believe that because the spa became nothing too. Right. But sometimes I think just like nudist colonies, like some of those people, I'm like, could, but the, could they wear some clothes? Oh, for sure. <laughs> 95% of the people there, you think Yeah, that. I think it's funny. But uh, yeah, I no, did, I had no Greece, problem with it. Was ju- yeah, we have friends who are nudists who invited right. me to go with them once mm. where they take their RVs and go nude. And I was like, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Whatever but here we are. Uh, yeah, so they got those two flat tires. Yep. Flat tires are... I don't know how they fixed them. I mean, was it just, I did you bring extras thing. with you right. all the time? Or patch it? or I guess, but what if you can't and then you destroy the rim? I mean, those wheels were kind of big. I don't know how that worked. That's I don't a either. Good I've thought of that. Bonus episode. Yeah. <laughs> thing to talk about. Subject matter. I think so, because all that stuff is always, interesting. You said they're always having flat tires always. throughout the diary. Forever. Uh-huh. It's always a problem. So you'd mm-hmm. think they would have constant backups. Mm-hmm. I mean, but they had two. But anyway, they arrive. Wah, wah. I was going to call this episode From Bell to Hell. <laughs> That's a, unfortunately a good summer. It's a good. Although, 
I mean, it's it's not it's the best that they can do at the time. So they're back in Step Rock, which now they mm-hmm. have left her mother's parents mm-hmm. and have gone to her father's family. Mm-hmm. So this is Louis's dad, Morris Hartzell. We've talked about him several times. The in Hartzell past episodes. Township. He had the farm. He was the like you said it was like eight area. miles by five miles. That's a what it huge is. farm. Yeah. So so when they land on the Morris Hartzell farmstead, uh-huh. what they're there to do is pick cotton as well as strawberries. But this is strawberry season that they this just is arrived. Currently to, right? strawberry season. Right. And at this time the farm has already been divided up among the many children mm-hmm. that he had because he's an old man mm-hmm. and he's living with his daughter Ella. Mm-hmm. in Pangburn mm-hmm. with her daughter, Reva. And we're going to meet them soon enough. So what had happened, and we mentioned it in a previous episode, he let them draw lots. Right. Like you get the back 40, you get the front yeah. 40, whatever. And they were either allowed to trade mm-hmm. or buy each other out. Mm-hmm. So not all the children stayed behind. Mm-hmm. And Louis was one of them. Mm-hmm. I think Louis sold his lot and he went off to work in the train business. Mm-hmm. And now that's, you know, unbeknownst to him, it's backfired on him. Mm-hmm. So now he's come back to the farm and one of and his mm-hmm. sister, Etta, mm-hmm. has said, okay, you can stay on our property. Mm-hmm. You will put a tent in the back for the girls mm-hmm. and y'all can work in our strawberry patch and start making some money until you get your family back on its feet. Wow. And he doesn't know if he's going to be there for a month or 10 years, but he takes her up on this and he comes down. So Etta is the first twin we're going to meet in the story. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of twins mm-hmm. in your family. Yes. Your mom is a twin. She is. And then we have these twins. And there are other They're twins. Cousin, yeah. I mean, and here's the thing that I learned today. And I was going to talk about this in next week's episode, but mm-hmm. I forgot that Etta was a twin. Identical twins are not what is hereditary. Okay. Everybody on the planet has yeah. a one in 250 chance of right. having identical twins. That's just a hmm. fluke that happens. It is fraternal twins mm-hmm. that are hereditary. Okay. And it makes me wonder, hmm. you know, I can tell your mom and your sister apart real mm-hmm. easy. Like even when in baby pictures, mm-hmm. I'm like, no, that's Camille. That's Carolyn. Mm-hmm. I mean, even when we were at your mom's house, I'm like, mm-hmm. I know which one you are. You're that yeah. one. And she's like, you're right. Yeah. I bet they're fraternal. Because that's what's Mm -hmm. hereditary. And Mm. there's so many of them. Mm. And they're not skipping a generation because even, you know, Etta that we're meeting right now Mm -hmm. and her sister Netta (laughs) are twins. But then one of of Louis's siblings has twins. Uh So they're just... All uh-huh. of, but they're all fraternal. Uh-huh. They're not identical. But fraternals can still look no, of course. the same, of course. Yeah, because like I can tell the property brothers apart. They say they're identical twins. They're not uh-huh. identical at all. Uh-huh. And I don't think it matters. Right. I mean, who cares? You're right. twins. I think that's fabulous. But paternal passes down is heredity, is hereditary. Paternal twins. Fraternal. Fraternal. Uh-huh. That's hereditary. Right. Yeah. So if you have fraternal like if you like boy girl twins in yeah. your family that's fraternal right and then it's gonna that's what passes down but identical twins are just the whoop yeah the the oddity yeah isn't that interesting yeah so i thought that was cool but anyway yep. so that there's etta and her twin sister netta <laughs> but etta marries a man named clyde froud yes so it's froud street i guess froud, froud road. road 
Yeah, that they live on. So Clyde's an interesting guy. They get married in 1905 when she's 20 years old. Mm -hmm. But Clyde was born in 1884, Mm -hmm. and his parents were James and Ella May, and they were both from Bath, England. Mm -hmm. So Clyde Froud was a first-generation American. Mm -hmm. So I always wonder if he had an accent. Yeah. Uh, But Clyde's father was a coal miner in Illinois, and he actually has a pretty cool obituary. I'm going to read a little of it for you right now. James Froud, a retired coal miner of this city, passed away at 7 o'clock Friday night at St. Vincent Hospital, where he had been the past two weeks. He had been sick for several months. Mr. Froud was born near Bath, Wilshire, England, on March 16th of 1843, and at his death was aged 67 years, 6 months, and 24 days. He came to America alone in Hmm. 1865 at the age of 22 and had been a resident of this county. He located in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, was married there to Ellen May, who passed away three years ago in Taylorville. In 1875, Mr. Froud removed to Osage City, Kansas, and lived there eight years, and then he moved to Pittsburgh, Kansas, Coal Hill, Arkansas, and Little Red, Arkansas, coming from the latter place to Taylorsville about eight years ago. He was well-known here and highly esteemed, and his death will be mourned by a large number of friends. And that was Uncle Clyde's father. Yes, the came and to America alone. Alone. I wonder what his circumstances were. I yeah. don't have the foreign ancestry.com. Mm-hmm. And even then, I might not know. Good for him because he was in his 20s when mm-hmm. he did that, taking a chance on Merca. If you, right. If you look at the 1930 census when Elizabeth is just before Elizabeth moves there, mm-hmm. there's a border. So it's Uncle Clyde, Aunt Etta, and then their son. I forgot his name, but there's a Carl? border. Yes, Carl. Uh-huh. It, that, where there's a border from England. Oh, cool. Yeah. Maybe it's a relative. Right. Oh, I'll, ha- oh, I'll yeah, have to go back that. and look. I think it's the 1920 census on Ancestry. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. yeah. A border is what it nice. says. Yeah. Oh, I find a lot of that. Borders, yeah. Oh, my God. And even into the 1950s, right. I find people still have borders. So I guess I got used to it. And technically, I guess the hearts are the Hartzell family are borders, too. I guess, if there was a On census. the land, mm-hmm. in a tent. Oh, that's interesting. But it looks like, at first, Uncle Clyde will try to follow in his father's footsteps. He becomes a coal miner himself in Illinois oh. until he's 20 years old when he's injured in an accident that is non-fatal. Obviously, he's still alive. Mm-hmm. But it got him out of that business for good. And I don't know mm-hmm. exactly what happened, but mm-hmm. I, I found a newspaper article that shows that a mine in Illinois in 1904 was closed because it was considered unsafe. Mm-hmm. And it knocked 160 workers out of a job because it would be months before the mine was fixed again. Sure. And I think that's when Clyde was like, well, time to go find a new line of work. And I don't know exactly what that was. Maybe it was trying to find a girl to marry who owned a farm. Right. Uh, because less than one year later, that's when he marries Etta Hartzell. Well, Little Red is in Steprock. It's right outside of Steprock. So in the previous entry, he mentions Little Red. Yeah, where and his, that's a little where his town. dad had retired to. Right. Yeah, so that's, that's so Steprock. Cool. So yeah. That's, yeah, oh, that's where it. Elizabeth went to church in Little Red. Oh, because the Little Red River? Yep. Am I remembering that Yep. Right? Oh, so cool. Little Red River. Oh, I love it. Yeah, so he settles in Step Rock with his wife, and they will be not only maintaining the farm, but the general store that Etta manages and is also the postmaster general Mm -hmm. of that store. She actually inherited the postmaster general job from her dad, who got it in 1897 and held on to it until 1917. And then he let his daughter 
become the postmaster Morris. general. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he was the postmaster. He was for, in, in 1897. So he just, he built huh. that farmstead yeah. in what was it, the 1870s? A, a little before that. I okay. think it was, I thought it was after the war for sure. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But he I built it with it his own two hands. He established what basically would become the town of Step Rock. Yes. So he had the general store and he had Correct. to get the mail. And I found from a, in 1955, mm-hmm. that's one of our first satellite imagery that our government commissioned. Oh, cool. And you can see the footprint of where the store was. Since then, it has grown up and there's actually a house there. Really? Yeah. Oh. But I know the exact piece of property by the 1955, it's called something like something aerials.com, where you can just zoom into the corner in Step Rock and it says post office. (gasps) It wasn't there at the time. It was just the footprint in 1955. But that's how Uh, we know exactly. So you mean like the brick foundation or like the stuff? And it says post office. You'll have to send me that for the pates. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, we'll definitely do that. Oh, that is so cool. Yeah, it was really a good find. That is cool. And it stays in the family because Etta runs it until she doesn't. Mm -hmm. And then her daughter-in-law, Carl's wife, will become the Postmaster General then. So it stays in the family. Um, But we'll talk about her daughter-in-law and her son. Um, Oh, I wrote down, we'll lick that stamp when we come to it. That was so cheesy. That's so dumb. Okay. (laughs) But here's another interesting thing that I noticed. Mm -hmm. Elizabeth calls her them etta and netta when in the letter we got from your long lost cousin Mm -hmm. she calls them eddie and nettie Nettie. and even on ancestry i come across more eddies and and nettie's than i do eddas and nettas so it's almost like elizabeth had a more formal relationship with them Hmm. and and because etta and etta are their names but they had you know eddie and nettie yeah. So I think it's really interesting that she doesn't use those nicknames. Like she never spent a lot of time with them and she's not super close she to them. She says Netta. Yeah. Yeah. Or or sometimes she shortens it to like Net and, and Et. Uh-huh. Right. She doesn't even put the uh or the e on And we it. have a picture of them, by the way. We do have. Well, it's twins. Yes. yes, we do have a picture of the twins. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this will definitely be the episode, if I haven't already. I think mm-hmm. I already have, because they put go the tw- and meet the family on the way to Bell. Mm-hmm. But I'll definitely repeat it. Okay. And so we'll put the whole family. It's Morris Hartzell and all of his children standing yes. behind him, which is really cool. And then there's yes. another one of him much later, where Elizabeth's brother is in the picture. But I don't know who the other people are. That's his 92nd birthday but in But who Pangburn. are all those people? They are Etta, Netta, no, they Leon. Can't. Yeah, they are. But they don't look old enough. Because Leon's in the picture, but Elizabeth and Francis aren't there. And I don't see no, Louis. Ali- so are these supposed to be the grandchildren? Well, him and there's different shots. It was his 92nd oh, birthday. Okay. So I don't know if you've seen them all. I guess I haven't. Yeah. I've only seen the one where like Leon's the, right behind him. No, there's like four. Oh. With... Oh, good. So yeah. I'll have add to show those, you those. Yeah, add those to our little Dropbox. Oh, that's pretty All cool. these characters you will get to know. Oh, definitely. Oh, no, we're, we're trying to meet everybody slowly. So Etta and Clyde are in charge right now, and I think they've been very generous. Mm-hmm. I've, you know, we've had a lot of people on the TikTok going, oh, my God, they made them sleep in a tent. I'm like, no, they gave them a place to land. They had nothing. They Otherwise, they would have been nowhere. So better a tent and a job than being, like, as she describes later, a bum mm-hmm. or a hobo. And this is a one step up, if that, from a sharecropper. Let's. Yeah, yeah. This is a tenant farm, which is different than a sharecropper. And they were farm workers. And yeah, they're not even. They don't even get to be tenant farmers. They are right, laborers. Right. on this farm. They have no stake. 
They're mm-hmm. just working. At least sharecroppers and tenant farmers have a stake. Right. But they have nothing. They're just, but they got nothing. Yeah, nothing. And they're mm-hmm. going to immediately go into debt because Etta and Clyde owned the general store. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they showed up with their flat tires and mm-hmm. their children and they needed to go into the store and buy flour and milk <sighs> and eggs or whatever you get. Cost endless money. C- cereal, oatmeal. Seven people. Suddenly they're like, okay, I'm going to give it to you now. You're going to owe me $5. Right. So we'll take that out of your first paycheck. That's oh, coming. That so that's, that's getting rough. But I thought it was interesting that just the girls were in the tent. And right. I don't know if it's just my 2020 murder mentality, uh-huh. <laughs> but I'm like, I wouldn't leave my daughters with all these migrant workers uh-huh. everywhere, but I guess it was all mainly family. So right. they were, although anyway. Well, uh, I might be popping ahead of myself, but yeah. So I guess the tent was super close to the house, but they arrive on May 1st mm-hmm. and there's no unpack your stuff, uh-huh. go take a bath. May 2nd, they're at work. <sighs> May 2nd, 1932, churned butter and helped Aunt Etta pick some berries. Doyne and I started to the berry patch, saw a big black snake. He ran back after the gun and shot it right in two picked two quarts of strawberries, and helped Daddy pack them. Some of the kids from Pangburn came over and talked to us this afternoon. Doyne, Francis, and I went down and sat in the car. He told us all of his problems. I feel so sorry for him. Now, here she is, living in a tent. Her daddy ain't got no job. And her sweet, sweetheart Mm. is worried more listening to his problems instead of going, well, I have problems too, you know, because we just me. So I just love this woman. Mm. But Doyne is Doyne Medford Caps, and he is her cousin, and Doyne is Netta's son. So he's the son of the twin, Etta and Netta. Right. And so this, and so I think it's really cool. Netta doesn't live in Step Rock, but she has sent her son down here to work. He was born Uh. in May of 1915. And in the 1930 census, he's labeled as an unpaid worker for the family. Wow. There you go. Boy, Dwayne, give that boy some money. And he, he was probably sent with the girls to show them how to do it. That's right. probably why he sure. was there. And, oh, my God, I thought, thank God he was there because of that snake. And Mark McKinney, you would have run for the hills. Oh, and you t- I would <laughs> You would have been like, that's a, I'm you done. Know, I'm thinking when we go out to Arkansas, I'm going to frolic through those hills. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll we'll pre-frolic out and make sure we scare all the snakes away. Right. When my We had a beach house, and my mom would walk from the house to the beach, slapping two sticks together to scare away no, snakes. No, yeah. So we'll bring two sticks. But anyway. Uh. So Doyne signs up for World War II, like mm. everybody did, and he mm-hmm. becomes a motor machinist's mate, third class, <laughs> on the SC-647, which is a submarine chaser boat, which you cool. could get me off that thing immediately. Yeah. Because you don't know where those submarines are. That's terrifying. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Anyway, when he registered for the draft, he was married to Margaret Elvira Caps, and she's still living with him in 1950 mm-hmm. when they moved to Miami, where he becomes a land developer for Dade and Broward County. And we know where those are because of the election. They're in Miami. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But okay. uh, yeah, but so good for him. Yeah. You know? Wow. But that's kind of, we're going to see construction. Uh-huh. Also running in this Uh family as well as farming, but that's, you know, in the future. future. But okay, so then when they get to Miami, she disappears off the face of the earth. I don't know when she dies, where she goes, or Uh what happens. But in 1973, he remarries to a woman named Marilyn Archer, and he dies with no children Mm -hmm. of his own, only stepchildren. And I don't know how he died, 
But he was there in Florida when he died in 1998, and his obituary called him Doyne Red Medford Caps. So what are the odds he had red hair? And I went back and looked at his World War II registration card, and sure enough, he was a redhead. So duh for the nickname. Francis was a redhead. Oh, she I, was? Yeah. Oh, Can I you believe know. that? Like, like obviously red yes. or like Daphne's like I brown think, or some red? No, no. I think she was a red because all of the images, oh the pictures that we have of Elizabeth's sister Francis are, yeah, black, are and black and white. white. My mother told me the other day that fun fact. Hey, that is a fun fact. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I love it. Yeah. So it's interesting to me so, that on the very day that she's laying her head down in a tent, uh, Jack Benny has his first show on the radio. Wow. And the radio is super important to Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. She even verbs it. She calls it, I radioed mm-hmm. tonight, which mm-hmm. I think is so cool. Mm-hmm. And she will talk later about Jack Benny and how excited she is to hear him on really? the radio. But this is his first show. She's in, she's in the worst place in, in her life. Tent. And he's in the best place of his life. Imagine. But he was a great ad-libber, and he was that self-deprecating humor kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And he became hugely famous. But what I thought was interesting was that he died in 1974 at the age of 80. And at his funeral, George Burns, which you and I know because we're older Mm -hmm. people, y'all can goog him. Mm -hmm. He was a great comedian and an actor and a movie star. And God, right? Yes, he was God. (laughs) Yeah, with John Denver. Right. Right? Right. Yeah. But anyway, uh, he was supposed to give the eulogy, but he started crying and couldn't continue. He was supposed to give the eulogy at- For Jack Benny. For Jack Benny. Okay. Yeah. And he couldn't do it. He just cried and cried. So Bob Hope hopped up and delivered a eulogy. And he said, for a man who was the undisputed master of comedic timing, you would have to say this is the only time when Jack Benny's timing was all wrong. He left us much too soon. Mm. And Jack Benny- arranged for a single long-stemmed red rose to be delivered to his widow, Mary Livingston, every day for the rest of her life. You're kidding me. And she lived eight and a half years after him, and that ended up being 3,100 roses. How (laughs) wild. But was it that? Every day. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Because, okay, okay, you know, for like Aww. the first week, you'd be like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> and then after the first year, you'd be like, geez, okay, Constant someone go get the rose. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. <laughs> but I guess she just would probably add them to a little vase. And yeah. So she always had. Always had blooming roses. Blooming red roses in her home. Isn't I love that. that. Yeah. So, so that, was a, that was a little aside. Yeah. May 3rd, 1932. Wrote to Bill and Lil typed on the typewriter some today we got the house fixed up to cook in this is the second night to sleep in the tent Doyne is going to stay with us thank goodness we're together again and by ourselves god i wish i could see gussie what about bill (laughs) i I mean she was actually in an active relationship with bill when she left but now she's worried about (laughs) gussie but there are two things i wanted to chat about real quick in this entry one is typewriters because I'm like, how rare was that? Yes. So typewriters have been around since 1870. Uh, oh. And so I don't know how old this typewriter was. Maybe mm-hmm. when Morris became the postmaster, he thought, mm. well, he should have a typewriter. Mm-hmm. So it could be as old as the 1870s mm-hmm. or it could mm-hmm. be recent. But even in the 1870s, mm-hmm. a typewriter 
was a hundred dollars. And that in wow. today's money is like two grand. Yeah. It's a lot of money. So when, you know, so they have this post office up there and I'm sure she's super excited to get to play with it. When I was a kid, uh, when I go to daddy's office sometimes yeah. after school, all I did was slap on that typewriter. Type. Yep. It was like, you know, those fidget the spinners. Spinners that kids have today. A typewriter yeah. was my fidget spinner. I just wanted the, the clicks and the sounds and the texture. Yeah, but you peck. You wouldn't mean. Don't you peck on the but typewriter? I, I peck so fast. I peck oh, faster than. You're a fast pecker. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the rumor going around. But yeah, no, I, I just I just kind of memorized where all the letters were. It's like mm-hmm. playing the piano for me. Like, my, my one thing my piano teacher complained about was my fingering. I'm like, I just put my fingers where I want them to go. Uh-huh. I don't care about the right. fingering. But I think that was pretty cool yeah. um, and very and then she says we got the house fixed up to cook in mm-hmm. okay so then i'm like what then yeah. why aren't you living in the house and then i thought about the farm that we own up in holly hill south carolina mm-hmm. right now and it has so many little working houses around it so you've got uh-huh. the main house and then we had a hen house and then we had the feed and storage house mm. and then there was a kitchen house uh-huh. And it was just a little separate, like 10 feet away from the home. So if it caught on fire, uh-huh. the house didn't catch on fire. So when the smells and the heat weren't part of the house, mm-hmm. there wasn't a kitchen in our little Victorian farmhouse in Holly Hill until after World War II. It was and in a separate dwelling. It was a whole separate building 10 feet behind the house. And then you went there All and right. cooked and prepared everything and you brought it in for the food and you cleaned Fair it up. Fair enough. So um, that's what I'm thinking that she's yeah. doing. Behind Aunt Etta's house. Uh-huh. That there is like, that's the a kitchen separate house. separate kitchen. Because she does talk about cooking a lot. Yeah. And there's got to, they're not doing well, it in the tent. that all makes sense. And they're not going to go into Aunt Etta's, Etta's house. house every time. So there must have been an outbuilding. Well, there's a fun fact. Isn't that fun? That is. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Uh, that they had a little farm. May 4th, 1932. We picked berries this morning. I got four quarts. The kids from Pangburn came by. They are all cute. A new girl came to Aunt Edda's today. Her name is Ruby Williamson. We all went over to a musical at Mr. Burt Myers tonight. Had old country music, two violins and two guitars. I wish I would hurry up and get some mail. There's a lot there. Yes. Wait, what? So, but first, let's meet Ruby Williamson. Yes. So Ruby Williamson was born in Pangburn in 1914, and Mm. eventually she will move to California with her family, where she meets and marries George Koval Sr., and she worked for 10 years for the U.S. Postal Service as a clerk. (laughs) So maybe she had gotten, you know, hanging out around Netta and Netta, she got some post office skills. And she was also a school bus driver for the Buckeye School District. (laughs) Um, Miss Koval was very active in her community. She helped in the construction of the Marshall Hospital and the Shingles Spring Community Center. All right. She was a member of Easter Seals and other organizations, and she was married to Mr. George for 63 years and had five children. Go, Ruby. And it's really cute because at the end of her obituary, it says, Jima, I'm very glad to have been able to spend time with you and Grandpa George, if only but a short time. Love your grandson, Jim. Mm. Isn't that cute? Mm-hmm. And then we meet Burt Myers. We're going to hear a lot about Burt. Where the, the musical was. Where the musical was. What's exactly. the musical? They're just getting together and yeah, playing music. Right. I think it's funny that they call it a musical. They do. Because you really can't research old musicals because right. then you get singing in the rain. So imagine it's just bun- banjos and things like that. So I did some research. It's a jam session. Yeah. Right? And there's dancing. Yeah. I there's think it's pictures really cool. actually of, of one of them on the Library of Congress. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, he was a farmer. He married a woman named Erie Penn. She was 18 years younger than he was. Ooh. And they had three children, 
Raymond, Ralph, and Ruth. <laughs> he died in 1968, and her just a few years later in 1972, even though she was so much younger. And they loved hmm. music. Hmm. Well, two violins, two hmm. guitars. Yeah, pretty cool. That's a what she night. wrote, right? Old uh-huh. country music, two violins. That's really cool. I know. They and after a long day of working on the farm. Hell yeah. I mean, because we're going to see a lot about Mr. Myers. Mr. Myers has yeah. a... Recurring role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there he is trying to have some entertainment for everyone, which I, I love. Yeah. May 5th, 1932. We didn't pick berries this morning. Francis and I made fudge this afternoon. The kids from Pangburn came over here. Pauline Edwards set my hair. Cecil Tony came down here, and we played all kinds of games. Doyne, Francis, and I talked out on the style. Today is his birthday. We really mean to go to Mammoth Springs this summer. So, What's first? Doyne has a birthday. Uh, well, we've already talked about Doyne. I can't find well, Pauline, and I have her first and last name. Yeah. That's really aggravating for me. Yeah. I've put in all different kind of ages for her. I'm not going to give but up she looking knew for how Pauline. To do, do but hair. she can do hair. And she comes over a couple of times, so uh-huh. I'm hoping she's about their age anyway. Hair is important. Of course it is. But I did find Mr. Cecil Tony. Yeah. He was born in 1915 in Pangburn, mm-hmm. and he owned and operated Tony Auto Sales from 1949 to 1978. He was a veteran of World War II. So mm-hmm. I thought, though, that's interesting. Let me find out what he did. Mm-hmm. He was an MP, which is a military right. police. Yeah. And he was only in service for four months uh-huh. because he had a neuritis in his back. And he mm-hmm. had it before he was drafted, but they figured, mm-hmm. well, you can just stand around a guard theft. Well, apparently, I guess he couldn't stand for mm-hmm. long periods of time. Mm-hmm. So he was uh, relieved of his duties. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when he starts his little dealership. May 6, 1932. Picked seven quarts of berries this morning. Started home for dinner. Met Herman and had our lunch and letters from Lil and Bill. After lunch, I picked 15 quarts. Came home and started typing a letter to Bill. We all sat in the yard and sang tonight. I wish Gussie would write and send me the pictures of himself he promised. I wish we could meet at Mammoth Springs. May 7th, 1932. Went to the berry patch this morning and picked 11 quarts. Francis and I didn't go back this afternoon because we were too tired. Helped with the store and typed the rest of my letter to Bill. I'm going to bed real early tonight because I'm about pooped out. Gosh, my life has changed since last year. I hope we will all be in a home of our own real soon. I wish to goodness that Gussie would write. Remind us what she was doing a year ago. She was in Monticello. Yeah. Going really good schools. Her father was staying in a hotel. In Monte, uh-huh. like a fancy, somewhat hotel, but yeah. life was much different. She, she, she weren't living in the tent a year ago. Yeah, she certainly wasn't. Yeah, he, the, I think about that time they had moved into a smaller house. Mm-hmm. And it but was just starting. it was still, just, yeah, it was really just starting. You know, she and Pee Wee had founded the Good Girls Club, and right? Now she's in a tent, mm-hmm. wanting her friends to write her a letter so she feels connected to home. Jeez, she. I mean, she had a great time in Bell, right? So yeah, her life has sure changed. And, you know, stay tuned to find out how long she's in this situation. It's going to be a while. (laughs) And this is such a sad note to end episode. What episode is this? Seven. Seven. Seven Seven weeks we've been doing this. Thank you all very much. We love doing this. If you've made it this far. Oh, my God. Thank you guys for sticking around. It just gets better and better. The story. 
I mean, there there's so much coming, y'all. Mm-hmm. I mean, and eventually, well, there's so much coming. I y'all need to stick with us and figure everything out with us. But if you want to know what's happening next week, really like now. Or if you are wondering about any um, questions that we get or any answers that we have, head Mm -hmm. over to the Patreon. At the $5 level, we have all kinds of pictures from every episode. We also throw in our TikTok lives. So in case you're not a TikToker or you missed us one night on a live, we answer a lot of questions on those too. And they're just kind of fun to watch if you're in bed at night and you just want to see a little hour of fun before you go to bed. And then on the $10 a month level, you're either going to get next week's episode a week early or you're going to get a bonus episode episode from us. We like to dive a little deeper. Mm -hmm. Uh, We like to interview people uh, like Mark's family, or I'm looking for historians. So if you know a historian in Bell, in Step Rock, in Searcy, in Mm -hmm. Penguin, anywhere, an Arkansas-y-in, is that what you call them? Arkansas? Arkansans. Arkansans. Yeah. You know, an Arkansan historian or someone who just likes to run their mouth, reach out to me because we'd love to talk to them. And as usual, we are My Grandma's Diaries on all the things, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, mm-hmm. Patreon, podcast. But you know that because you're listening. But stick around and please let us know if you have any questions or comments. And don't forget, and I have never mentioned this in all seven episodes, give us a five star or give us a four star. On I mean, what? On on reviews for our oh. podcast. Oh. Yeah, rate and review us because that's the only yeah. way that the algorithm will help other people find this podcast. So you don't have to be Shakespeare or Mrs. Mm-hmm. Browning. You can just write, I like this. And you know what? That'd be fine. Or tell us what your favorite color is. My favorite color is pink. I would love to see 50 comments that go, my favorite color is green. My favorite color is yellow. Just say a Good word. Lord. And and just to put some Mm -hmm. typing in there. So Mm -hmm. we don't expect um, a soliloquy. But we really enjoy having you here. And thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Join us next week where we're going to talk about a lot more picking. And there might be a new boyfriend. (gasps) Or two. Mm. You know, she likes options. (laughs) Tweet, tweet. (laughs) That's a little uh, Easter egg or whatever you call it. it That's a Mark. Tweet, tweet. That's wonderful. All right. So we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.